don't know how many of you remember this, but in the old movie, Quo Vadis, lions threatened Deborah Kerr as she was lashed to a stake at the Coliseum. Someone asked her, weren't you afraid? She replied, no, I had read the script. And I knew that the hero was going to come and rescue me. The hero in our scripture this morning is, of course, God. We too know the end of our story. There will be a new heaven and a new earth for his faithful followers. There will be no more separation from God. What a gift of hope that is. There are times when you may have felt that God was so far away, unaware of all that you were going through. But that's not the case. God, through the Holy Spirit, dwells with us now. He stands by us. He comforts us and guides us. And ultimately, God will bring us through all pain and suffering to joy and life. I would like to share some things with you this morning about heaven. We hear about it, and I think most, if not all of us, believe there is a heaven, and we believe that's where we will be when we die. Heaven is the dwelling place of God. It's very real, but it's not a physical place we can discover with our physical senses, at least not yet. On the night before his crucifixion, Jesus used the analogy of a house when he told his disciples, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back to you so that you will be with me where I am. Jesus came to earth from heaven and at the ascension, he returned to heaven. Human history begins in a garden and ends in a city that's like a garden paradise. The first heaven and earth were prepared for the first man and woman and their descendants. God had readied everything for them when he placed them in the garden. Unfortunately, these first parents of ours sinned ushering in death and decay into God's beautiful world. Jesus came to show us how to live and serve, and then was crucified and died taking our sins upon himself. Because of his sacrifice, we will be able to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's still very difficult to imagine what the eternal city will be like, but the most important thing about the city is that God dwells there with his people. And the best way that John was able to describe it was by no more. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more death. The best description is simply that it is the place where God is. Heaven is the place where God is and humans are fully united with God, all living in a harmonious relationship with one another. So many people think the worst thing that can happen to them is death. 
If you are one of them, I hope this message will speak to you. Whether death comes early or late, slowly or suddenly, it's not the worst thing that can happen to someone. Whatever you or someone is struggling with, these verses assure us that there will be a new day when we all live face to face with God, filled with relationships of joy and strength with God and his people. Like Deborah Kerr, we know the end of the story because we've read the script, the Bible. However, death is not the end of the story. It's the transitioning to our eternal life. It's the beginning of something more beautiful than we could ever begin to imagine. And we know this is true because we have the promise from God. The book of Revelation is the last book in the New Testament, and it contains various descriptions of heaven. We see God seated on a throne with millions of angels bowing down in worship before him. We also read about John's vision of a holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven to be the eternal home of God and of those who have eternal life. It's a city with streets of gold and gates made of pearl. It's a glorious place with no crying or sadness, no death. It will be Christian's eternal home. You all know the story about the woman and the fork, right? Maybe, maybe not. But there was a woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and she had been given three months to live. So as she was getting her things in order, she contacted her pastor and had him come to her house to discuss certain aspects of her service and all of her final wishes. She told him which songs she wanted sung at the service, which scriptures that she wanted read, and what outfit she wanted to be buried in. The woman also requested to be buried with her favorite Bible. Everything was in order and the pastor was preparing to leave when the woman suddenly remembered something, something very important to her. There's one more thing, she said excitedly. What's that, came the pastor's reply. This is very important, the woman continued. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. The pastor stood looking at the woman, not knowing quite what to say. That surprises you, doesn't it? The woman asked. Well, to be honest, I'm puzzled by that request, he said. The woman explained. In all my years of attending church socials and potluck dinners, I always remember when the dishes from the main course were cleared and someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork. It was my favorite part because I knew that something better was coming, like velvety chocolate cake or maybe deep dish apple pie, something wonderful and with substance. So I just want people to see me there in the casket with a fork in my hand, and I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? Then I want you to tell them, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. John 3.16 is perhaps the best known verse in the Bible. 
Could you please say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe in Christ and have accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, your death will be your graduation day, your coronation day. Revelation 21.3 says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. This is the deepest expression of the intimate fellowship that God has promised to those in covenant relationship with him. Verse 4 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, or crying, or sorrow, or pain. All these things are gone forever. I cannot imagine anything more tender, more touching, or more intimate than standing before God with tears streaming down my cheeks being overwhelmed by his presence, then God gently touching my face and wiping my tears. I tear up every time I think about it, that God chose me, that he cares so much about me, that he loves me so much, that God will forgive me for all the times that I have let him down. It's all so overwhelming to me. We heard in Revelation 21.5, the one who was sitting on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. In heaven, there will be no need for crutches or canes or wheelchairs. There will be no blindness or deafness. There will be no heart attacks or cancer or financial concerns. There will be no more violence or wars or evil. There will be no more sorrow or death or pain or tears. There will be no more hurt or tiredness or loneliness. And like we heard in the children's message, no more tissues or first aid kits or any of those other supplies. There will be no more unkind words or lies. There will be no more things breaking down, no more repairs. There will be no more sin, no more. This earth is not our home. It's, our, it's only our temporary dwelling place. Psalm 23 concludes with these words, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No one of us knows when God will call us home to our eternal home. But the good news is that we do not have to be afraid. We need to be ready, but we do not need to be afraid of dying. William Barclay wrote, sorrow is to be forgotten, sin is to be overcome, darkness is to be at an end. The temporariness of time is to turn into the everlastingness of eternity. The highest promise of all 
is intimate fellowship with God. In the beginning of the Bible, we learn that God created the heaven and the earth, animals and plants and Adam and Eve. God gave them a beautiful garden, and then sin entered and everything changed. However, in today's passage from Revelation, we learn our eternal life with God will be free of sin, death, tears, and all those things which trouble us in this lifetime. And things will be completely beautiful again. God never promised that our lives here on earth would be easy, did he? But he has promised us that heaven will be better than anything we can possibly imagine. John told Christians that in the end, God would triumph. We face countless obstacles in this life, but all who believe in Christ and have accepted him as their Lord and Savior will spend eternity fellowshipping with God. Sin will be destroyed. Death will die. All the negative things that we have felt and experienced will be gone. God said, look, I'm making everything new. Jesus said, great is your reward in heaven. Wherever God reigns, there is peace, security, and love. On this All Saints Sunday, we view existence from the perspective of eternity. We will be honoring the saints who have come before us, whose examples we wish to follow, the saints who are alive today, and the saints who will come after us. Commentator Ginger Grab shares with us that we understand that by virtue of our baptism, we are saints as well. We belong to the communion of saints past, present, and future. In our everyday lives, we can be example of God's love and compassion for others to follow. Whatever you are going through, it's not the last word. God has written the final chapter, and it's about the fulfillment and eternal joy for those who love him. We may not understand it all, but we know it will be more wonderful than we could ever hope to imagine. We have the gifts of tremendous hope and encouragement. Let's live our lives to the fullest and live with eternity in sight. No matter how difficult life may be right now, there will be a day when God calls you home and every pain, every worry, and every heartache will be gone, only to be replaced by incredible joy, spending all of eternity with God and the saints that have gone on before us and the saints that will come after us. Think how wonderful it will be to be reunited with our loved ones that are already in heaven. But think also how wonderful it will be someday to see your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and those that haven't even been born yet. And you will be spending all of eternity with them. Today may seem like a somber occasion, and to some extent it is, but let's celebrate life, not death. 
let's remember with joy, not sadness, and let's do everything we can to pass on our faith to our families, our friends, our acquaintances, and even to strangers. And you know, strangers are simply friends that we have not yet met. Author Max Lucado wrote, when we die, those we love will shout, those we know will applaud. A good author saves the best for last. A great composer keeps his finest for the finish. And God, the author of life and composer of hope, has done the same for you. The best is yet to be. Don't give up. Finish the journey. When you arrive, heaven will rejoice and there will be a party at your homecoming. But all the noise will cease. When God cups your chin and says, welcome home. And with scarred hand, he will wipe away from your eyes every tear. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I know this is a day of mixed emotions. We all have someone that we no longer see, someone we love so much, one who made our hearts sing, one who meant the world to us. We miss them, but someday we will see them again, and not just for a little while, but forever. I know several of you have heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. None of us, not one of us, knows when that day will be when God calls us home. It could be today or tomorrow or next week or next month or maybe not for decades. We just don't know. So I urge you to do all the things you want to do while you're still able to do them. Say all the things you need to say and do all those things that are so important. Change all the things that need to be changed. I mentioned earlier that death is not the worst thing that could happen to you. The worst thing that can happen to you is to die without making the decision to accept Christ. If you have not already done that, if you have not already made that decision, Pastor Andy and I would be very happy to talk with you and pray with you. You can stay after the service if you would like, or just let us know. But let us all remember to live our lives with eternity in sight. So keep your fork. The best is yet to come. <laughs>